Welcome everyone to the Manchester Green New Deal podcast, which I'm very proud to say is now part of our Green New Deal media platform that we are launching today. I'm Adam Williams and I'm here tonight with half man, half mixing deck, Andrew Glassford. Andrew, do you want to tell everyone what the Green New Deal media platform is and how they can find it? Yeah, man. Well, it's all kicking off at our end. We've finally got ourselves a website to have a place to put all this stuff together. And with that, we're making loads of new content as well. So not only are we going to be a podcast, we're also going to have more podcasts, which we'll get into that in a second. We've now started commissioning people to write articles for us. We've got our first um, article series coming out called Just As Well, which is looking at just transitions across the globe. And if you go on the website now, which is gndmedia.co.uk, you'll find the first piece by Max Isle, who's looking at the Middle East and Latin America and how just transitions can work there. Uh, we've also got pieces coming by Kai Heron and Hapreet Kapoor and just loads of other great people from around the world looking at all across the globe. We're going to start doing some live events and some video content and it's all, all coming. So please come and check it out and tell us what you think. Going back to podcasts... Our very own Adam Williams is about to release his own little podcast without us. Side hustle. Yeah, yeah, side hustle, yeah. Uh, Called Working Class Voices, if you want to tell us what that is. Yeah, so, you know, now that we've got this uh, Green New Deal media platform, you know, we can sort of branch out and do our own little thing, which is fantastic for all of us. For people that know me, you know, I'm I'm quite passionate about getting working class people involved into into the climate movement. Um, I feel that they're a driving force that's often overlooked. So I just want to—I'm doing a series of interviews. I've done about recorded about three at the moment, and it's ongoing. Where I just ask people that identify as working class what they think of the climate movement in its current form, and trying to work out sort of themes about what resonates with working class people. What I would mm. say is, don't look at any one particular episode and say, "Oh, that's what working class people think and feel." It is a series. I'm just hoping to get some sort of commonality of themes so that maybe when we look at it from a bird's eye view, we can see perhaps what makes working class people tick um, to get them more involved. So, yeah, really excited about that. Thanks, Andrew. So if all of this sounds amazing to you, uh, you can go to gndmedia.co.uk and look at it all. The Working Class Voices podcast starts in mid-April. Um, yep. If you'd like to get in touch with us, we've got a new email address, which is contact at gndmedia.co.uk. So if you want to come on the show, if you want to tell us about someone who's doing something great who we should you know, interview or get some more writers, that'd be fantastic. And as ever, you can support us on Patreon at patreon.com forward slash pod, where you can get even more delightful content. Let's get on with the rest of the show, Ads. Yeah, brilliant. Okay, so the term Green New Deal is one that can mean different things to different people and can have completely different connotation depending on whether you're in the global north or south. So much like anything that's worth exploring, it is complex and nuanced. Our guest tonight is Rosanna Wiseman, an action organiser for the activist group GND Rising, who, if you aren't familiar with the name, I'm sure you will have seen footage of young people confronting politicians and asking about their climate records and what their political actions are going to be in the future. Young people today are gathering in greater numbers than ever to confront and demand that their futures are not stolen from them, and GND Rising are one of the groups at the forefront of this movement. Rosanna, a warm welcome to the show. Hi, thank you so much for having me. No, it's a, it's a pleasure. Thank you so much for being with us tonight. Okay, so let's begin. Basically, how, how did GND Rising, you know, start? Uh, was there a catalyst moment or has it been more of an evolution? Um, and also, could you tell us about your personal experience and how you got involved? So Green New Deal Rising um, was formed from Green New Deal UK. So it was kind of another group from before. um, And that was formed in um, the summer of 2021. And so Green New Deal UK um, had been working for about 18 months and they formed different hubs around the UK. Um, And then around August of last year, yeah, we decided to kind of launch Green New Deal Rising, um, which was primarily focused um, on working with young people. So yeah, millennials and Gen Z. Um, and yeah, it was really because we saw like the, the passion with young people and also looking to groups like the Sunrise Movement in, in the US um, and how they kind of galvanise all these young people to work towards the Green New Deal. Um, and Green New Deal UK still has hubs and is still running. Um, but yeah, Green New Deal Rising kind of has its um, own tactics. And yeah, as you mentioned before, we do a lot of like these things called MP challenges, which is kind of like yeah, disrupting um, politicians' everyday lives, really. 
And f- from your own personal experience, how did you first hear of uh, GND Rising and, and decide that this is something you want to really be an active part of? I guess I heard about it through a friend. I think it was kind of before Green New Deal Rising properly launched in August. Um, so yeah, back when it was Green New Deal UK. And then um, I really got involved in September. And yeah, so I've been organising actions. I have, well, we tried to um, challenge Boris Johnson at one point at the <laughs> beginning of September, um, but he was a bit too quick for us. And um, Boris yeah. Johnson was too quick. He must have been <laughs> slow. Yeah, no, I mean, it was outside um, one of like his dinner party things. And then, yeah, his security and everything, he just like went straight in. But later on, I think it was like a few weeks after was the Labour Party conference. And um, yeah, I was part of the team challenging Keir Starmer. You might have seen that one that went kind yeah, of, yeah, yeah. yeah big. <laughs> Brilliant. So, um, yeah, just in regards to what you guys do, obviously, you know, what's what's really taken off is confronting sort of politicians and stuff. But I'm just wondering, um, was that is that a tactic that was there from the start or has it been, was it something a little bit less was a bit more low-key and it's kind of developed from there or how, how has sort of the evolution of those tactics happened? Uh, we were influenced again by the Sunrise Movement um, in the US they call it bird dogging. Right, okay. <laughs> I, heard, I heard this term earlier this year I was like I don't I don't know why it's called that that's weird. probably means something different in the UK <laughs> yeah. That. Yeah, yeah, yeah. exactly <laughs> so I think we decided to call it MP challenges or politician yeah. challenges um, good, good rebrand that yeah. more civilised that <laughs> Yeah. And so, yeah, we just thought it's just the perfect way of getting yeah, young people to really be in the faces of politicians um, and, yeah, kind of um, creating that viral content because, yeah, we put it out on social media and, um, yeah, you can just see like how a lot of politicians react in kind of like a, a stupid way or yeah. and that <laughs> so- kind of thing of like, yeah, young people having like the moral authority and like we know what we're talking about. Um, and yeah, you can kind of like s- see that really clearly with the videos coming out. Yeah. So we've had uh, the Sunrise Movement on the show before in the past. Um, they're obviously a fantastic group and on a global scale, they're probably right at the forefront of pushing a Green New Deal in an activist manner. Um, was there any sort of connection, real connections with, with that group? Or is it, is it more that you, you're copying their style? Um, yeah, I think we we do have contact with them, um, and sometimes we'll yeah we'll talk to them and see like oh this is what we're doing or what can we learn from you. Um, yeah, we are like definitely separate movements, but um, yeah, we're influenced by them, and we 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 are able to like talk to them and be like oh has this kind of worked for you? And yeah, yeah I mean that's what we believe. Like all movements should be working together, and we're definitely. Yeah, able to work with them. Well, on the uh, on the back of that, on, in your kind of like, I suppose it's not a manifesto, but your version of the Green New Deal you've got on on the website. It, there's a whole section about global justice. So, what does global justice mean then in, in, in to Green New Deal rising? It means supporting all people um, and countries to de- decarbonize, but also yep. fairly and within their own timeframes. Um, and we understand that us in the global north we need to account for historic emissions um of carbon and we need to yeah say that we have exploited the resources and communities of the global south um and yeah we need to be talking about reparations i feel like it's a very radical proposal from looking at the website you know i feel like it's everything that we would say people would labor for green new deal and people further to left than us but without some of the language that we might use which i find is kind of an interesting position to be in um this probably isn't a question for you, but I'm wondering if that is like a conscientious thing to kind of not tie yourselves to older movements per se, because there's baggage, if you know what I mean. I guess it's like we we understand what what needs to be done in now and in the future. And I guess because we're like working so much with younger people, we don't need to be always tied down by baggage. But we also do definitely see how past movements have worked and we learn from from mm. them so it's not completely like we're not yeah so just in regards to that sort of association with political parties so there doesn't seem to be any overt um, association with a political party now is is that is that because you guys are mainly too young 
to vote or, or, or is the majority able to vote in Green New Deal Rising? Definitely, yeah, um, most of us can vote. Like, I mean, we're, I guess it's like 16 to 35. So most of us yeah. are definitely like voting sure. age. Yeah. Um, and I, I mean, one of our, like, yeah, the thing that we're trying to do is to make the um, next election like a climate election yeah. and yeah. talk yeah. about the Green New Deal. But we're not going to say we'll definitely support this party or that party. Mm. We'll support parties that are championing the, the Green New Deal. Yeah. If one party comes out and is like, we're 100% going to, go for this and yeah. we might think about that a bit differently but okay um yeah we are like working with parties that are talking about green deal and then also we do shame and call out parties that are climate de- delayers um yeah. and climate yeah. deniers yeah so that's interesting so there is actually like an ongoing conversation about about the political uh, landscape and what you i suppose what you're saying is that if one party comes out and is is a lot more green new deal than another one then Green New Deal Rising isn't shy to say this is this is our party, and would it would it even cross over into campaigning for that party? Yeah, I mean, right now we're talking about um, ca- um, campaigning for Green New Deal champions, so right, okay. it doesn't matter. Like, I mean, our champions at the moment we've got different ones, but yeah, I'd say like Zara Sultana, um, also Caroline Lucas, um, Clive Lewis, yeah, and so right now yeah we one of our things is we're going to go into doing um canvassing and mass canvassing we're going to go into um zara sultana's um constituency and and help her canvas but yeah we're also going to be doing it for other politicians that are saying that they're they are championing the green new deal if and a party comes out that's a completely i don't know if labor does that we're, we're going to think about our strategy but i'm not going to say yes or no yeah no that, yeah, yeah that's completely understandable yeah fair enough yeah because that, that's probably a bit of a tricky place to be in as well, because lo- looking at your, your the people who have supported the GND bill, you know, you've got people in the SNP, you've got the Greens, I believe um, one of them's a, a Liberal Democrat. You know, that's you'd be, you'd be in a tough place if one party thought you were just for them, as opposed to yeah. being for the people that were, like, backing this thing. You know, if you were if you were supporting an, an insurgent somewhere where it could have been, I don't know, in a Labour heartland that's got a rich history of, like, coal mining, which we obviously have to move away from. But they, but Labour thought you were nationally with, with them. Like, it's a tough place that I don't envy to be in, to be honest, because you've kind of got to be so agile, but be not non-confrontational, but, like, just keep yourself out of the firing line of, like, the national politics. And Do you, you kind of see what I'm getting at? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I guess we, yeah, are trying to... <laughs> Yeah, not got bogged down in party politics yeah. as well. So um, we're just like sticking with our values and yeah. saying like whoever like yeah adheres to that, then we'll support you. But yeah, fair yeah. enough, fair enough. Rosanna, just there's another side to this as well because um, a lot of the a lot of the movements of the past say 100, 150 years, they've been mass movements that had a have had a different conception of of economics and what society could be rather than what it is. Um, and so there's always been sort of a strain with, with mass movements of saying almost of we want a different system altogether, yeah? And that can be whether, it, you know, with these, just for examples, there's been obviously massive Marxist movements, socialist movements, you know, postmodern movements, and they've been anchored in a sort of a ideology or a philosophy that's sort of a beyond what society is is right now but i've i've not picked that up and, and this is actually in the climate movement as a whole actually i've not really picked that up within the climate movement but is it converse, is the conversations within green deal rising regarding a sort of a post post capitalist society or is it very much of this is what we've got to deal with this is what's right in front of us so this is the system that we're going to try and disrupt rather than talk about a different creating a different kind of system one of our core concepts is um yeah changing the system i guess it's that thing of i mean we don't have a blueprint i think no one really does um <laughs> yeah but yeah we recognize that that the system is yeah geared towards profit and um i guess high carbon emissions because that's all, all about profit and we yeah, yeah. are talking about like yeah putting people first and yeah, justice, like which, who are the people most affected by by this? So we need to be, um, yeah, talking about justice for the global south, working class justice. Um, 
I guess we don't know exactly what that would look like. Um, but yeah, we are definitely like working with movements who who talk about that. Um, yeah, yeah. it's like four day working week and thinking all about like living wage and also about how um, care jobs are the most like environmentally friendly. Yeah, exactly. yeah of course, yeah, yeah. So yeah, we I guess those are kind of the things where we're looking at into the future, like what would that look like? Um, so yeah, we do talk about that. A bit, yeah, yeah, we're we're kind of talk we're kind of touching on this a little bit about like you know organizing and like your organizing principles. So I'm I'm kind of looking at your your timeline as you kind of talked about for the next election, which is in 2024, and it says you know uh, this year is all about reaching into communities and winning support. So what has that looked like um, for you as an activist? Like, what, what have you guys been doing right, right now to kind of work with communities? And what are those communities? Yeah, so at the moment, we are doing these kind of events called Rise Ups, and we're right. going across the country. So we did one in London, we're going to Leeds, um, and like Glasgow, Birmingham, and Cardiff. Um, and I mean, at the moment, yeah, we're trying to get young people involved and um yeah reaching out and telling like reaching out to different kinds of movements as well different groups like we're not just talking about let's go and talk to like climate groups to talk yeah. about um let's go talk to like blm groups let's go talk about like migrant justice yeah, um, yeah, yeah. and getting all these like trying to get people in a room and then like talking about the green new deal how can you get involved um i guess another thing i, I think i've mentioned it a bit before is like about the mass canvas so we're planning on doing that um in the summer um going and so we'll be helping um like zara sultana yes, yeah, canvas yeah. and then we'll be going and like knocking on people's doors and literally talking about the green new deal so yeah that's part of it like cool. literally yeah because yeah, i'm going I, into communities I, I was just wondering like as as someone who is going to stop being a, a young person very shortly um if you thought there was any difference in, in the way that you organize young people versus you know I think it says on your website between 16 and 35, you know, people older than that. Do you think it's a case of pushing like uh, values over like material kind of substance or like, do you think there's a difference in organizing specifically for young people? Yeah. I mean, so we still have like the Green New Deal UK hubs and those right. are yeah, primarily people, I guess, over 35, even though there are young people in that as well. Um, and they've been doing like um, in London, was it last weekend? I think it was in Brick Lane. They did a stall and yeah. got people to like come and, and talk to them. I think it was kind of um, just recognising, I mean, this is from my previous experience as well, working in, in and with other organisations. Um, I guess it's nice to have like a space for young people um, yes. yeah, yeah. and then yeah and then there's also a space for older people as well and I guess it's that thing of like when you get um I guess the hierarchy of age sometimes <laughs> it can like crowd out like younger voices no, totally so yeah. just making sure that like we're working up like the new le leaders of tomorrow for instance um but yeah there's definitely also space for like older people yeah. to, to no i was I, I wasn't you accusing yeah. of accusing <laughs> you of you know just uh cutting off the people once they turn 35 yeah. and you make an in interesting point about like hierarchies of age because as someone who's been to many a labor party meeting <laughs> there's very much a a vibe when you go in there where people have been in the party for 25 years telling you how it is as opposed to how it should be so i can understand you know the push for young people to get engaged in politics and climate justice yeah, just on the uh, the topic of hierarchy, I'm just wondering um, what the sh what the inner structure of uh, Green New Deal Rising is in regards to is it a democratic system? How do how do members have a say of what what's you know what's pushed, what actions are pushed, what conversations are had? How does it work sort of internally? We do have we have six staff members, um, but we have yeah, it's mostly run like on volunteer power. We have like hundreds of people who. Yeah, get involved in in our actions and also we have like volunteer teams figure out like which um mps are we going to be challenging so that's like the research team and then you have like the design team which are like designing um the posters for um yeah the different events we're doing um and so i guess we have like the core team kind of making some of those like key decisions that we have to do like quite kind of quickly but yeah at the end of the day it's the people who go out and do that 
yeah go out and challenge the MP and they get to talk about like how are they going to do it um so yeah it's kind of like a bit centralized but then we also have yeah like the activists mostly it's works as a movement that the activists are mostly doing like and is there is there any sort of voting that goes on to be to be to take a position so if I was a new member today which I couldn't be because I'm far too old um (laughs) but say 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 I was a new say was in my my youth yeah I joined um what would be the process of of becoming don't know, similar to a role you've got or, you know, being someone that decides which MPs or whatever. What what is there any sort of voting system? Is anything like that? How how do people move up, let's say? There isn't voting in, in the same way that I guess like some other organizations have worked. Um it's more yeah, you become a member, you come to a welcome call, you decide if like you agree with like our principles and then you get involved in we have a slack channel um and then on there it's like the different challenges are put on like do you want to get involved in this challenge yeah from from there I, I guess we have people so who keep on like doing a lot of stuff with us and then they become like kind of super volunteers yeah. and they like a meritocracy in many ways so if you if you're active and you stay active and you you're committed then you'll be you know you might you might naturally sort of become more of a um a leader in in the movement that maybe that sort of thing yeah so i yeah and then you get to um yeah i guess you're going to like the meetings of like how is the research team working how is like the welcome team work, working so yeah, the more you get involved, the more you get to like, yeah, have a say. Hi, sorry to interrupt this fantastic interview with Rosanna from GND Rising. Um, but if you're enjoying the show, and I imagine you are since you're still around, you can support us and help us make even more fantastic podcasts and content by heading over to patreon.com forward slash pod. And for the princely sum of one pound, the current price of a Freddo, you could help us make even more stuff and galvanise the climate movement around a Green New Deal. But you say, Andrew, I want to give you more than one pound. Well, that's fantastic to hear, because if you pledge more than one pound, you can get access to even more content. For example, you can find out what Kim Stanley Robinson thinks about the full Monty. Who doesn't want to know that? You can have your questions asked to guests coming on the show. Uh, if you've signed up right now, you can go and see who we've got coming up over the next month. It is a bumper month of podcasts, so get your questions in. When was the last time you were this effective with as little as one pound? Head to patreon.com forward slash pod. Now let's go back to the interview. I just want to move on to um, what the reaction that you've been getting from people in regard to the ge- the general public, put that in quotations. What kind of feedback have you been getting from you know the man on the street or the woman on the street or you know people that are not necessarily climate conscious but can see you you know sort of harassing their their MP that they don't really like anyway. Um, you know what kind of feedback have you been getting? Well, for me personally, if I remember, like we went to challenge Nancy Pelosi in in Cambridge. Um, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. And people were like walking past us, and because we kind of were waiting for her outside the union, and they were like, "Oh, what's your group about?" And we kind of gave them leaflets. Like quite a few people came past, and they were all like, "Wow, okay, this is really cool." Um, and and yeah, I guess people like, I guess everyone knows about the climate crisis. And then it's like, okay, so what's the Green New Deal? And I mean, there's so many ways to explain it, but it's kind of like the solution to the climate yeah. crisis. So we kind of explain it like that. And yeah, people seem to get it. And they're like, okay, yeah, I mean, that sounds really great. How did Nancy Pelosi respond to you? Because she's been, you know, uh, bird dogged in the US as well with like AOC and the Sunrise Movement in her offices. So like, had yeah. she had she taken a step towards towards your position from that point, you think? So I think at that point it was a tricky time because she was actually starting to talk to the Sunrise Movement, but right. we were, um, yeah, we were we were still challenging her on, um, yeah, her general policies, and she uh, she was kind of ignoring us for a, for a lot of a lot of the time. But in the end, she did talk to to one of our members, and she said, "Oh, what?" I mean, she just kind of brushed us off to be honest. Right. She was like, "Oh, I'm going to explain this in the talk that 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 that, that you will come to." Um, but yeah, she's not 
like far enough into what we believe so no, we still believe no, no. that she should be challenged yeah yeah, yeah. as a people who have maybe heard nancy pelosi's comments uh in the u.s about the sunrise movement a couple of years ago where i believe she described it as like they want a green new something or other um mm. which is you know great from the person that runs one of the biggest institutions in the u.s political system <laughs> right now yeah no yeah she was completely dismissive at one point wasn't she yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, just um, I've, I've heard on a number of occasions people say things along the lines of once young people become adults, they won't put up with all this and it'll all get sorted. But I really find that as an abdication of responsibility. What's your response to that sort of attitude, as well-intentioned as it might be from, from you know people in power or adults or people with grandchildren who are almost putting it all on, on you guys to, to make the change? Yeah, I mean, I would say that those people need to be part of the solution as well. They need to be, um, yeah, campaigning or, yeah, fighting in whichever way that they can. They are pressuring their politicians and talking to the people around them. Yeah, I don't think they can completely give it up to the young people. Yeah, as you say, it's going to be too late um, by the time that that happens. Um, And I do see, like, I think... Yeah, I mean, if you look at XR, I think XR has a lot of like older people as well, and um, they love so getting I arrested. Do... Old, old yeah, people in exactly. XR, it's like, it's like their favorite hobby. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. So I do think that like people of all ages can definitely get involved and have to get involved. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I don't think that that, that it's fair enough. If, if I, 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 yeah, if people say, "Oh, when young people grow up, then they can deal with it," because yeah. there might not be a future by then. It, it's like the inverse of the back in my day argument of like, oh, everything was better back then. It's like everything's going to be better in the future, even though I'm not going to deal with it. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. I think we've kind of touched on this a bit, but like culture of GND rising, because I imagine you've probably get a lot of people who were, who have been part of the school strikes previously. You know, they've been out of their classrooms every Friday for months on end, and there's like a, a determination to do something more and a radicalism that comes out of doing that all the time. So I'm wondering... How you feel like is there are there people like pushing to wanting to do even more radical stuff than the bird dogging and do like pushing a more XR direction or is it kind of is GND rising for a place for people that don't want to get involved in like direct action in that way? I mean, yeah, one of the things that we we want to do this year is to um, yeah push our disruptive actions. Like the whole yeah. point of it is to um, yeah escalate, I guess starting with like the mp challenges so um yeah we definitely want to go into like the direct action um realm i guess (laughs) um (laughs) but yeah i think it is about like building people up and Mm. and making people feel comfortable um and yeah i mean our culture a a lot of our culture is is a space for like everyone and there's different like things you can get involved in especially if you don't want to do things like that there's um, yeah different volunteer teams for for whatever you want to do but yeah I think like one of our things is one of the things that we we do believe is that we have to like disrupt the political system yeah and um yeah so we yeah I'd say watch this space <laughs> okay I, yeah. that is a threat and a promise and I love it <laughs> yeah connected to that so you know you said before there's no blueprint for success and and that is true but I think one thing that is really important is that uh, it's a bit of a golden rule is that um, the tactics of a group, it needs to sort of change fairly often um, because what can seem radical one day can seem a little bit old hat, you know, the next. And we've, we've seen that with, we've seen that with XR, we've seen that with Insulate Britain and we've seen it with countless other groups. Yeah. It's almost like you always have to be reinventing um, how to engage and resonate and shock society to keep your message sort of at the top of a very, very long list of priorities that people have. So you said that, you know, you're looking at doing more extreme things and I, I won't ask what they are, but it's right to, is what you're saying is it, there's a constant conversation about what we need to be doing next. And is that because you you guys understand that, again, you know, this MP, uh, you know, Russian MPs was great in the back end of 2021 and the start of 2022, but it will slip further down the social media agenda, won't it, eventually? Um, and so are, are you constantly having these conversations about how you can reinvent yourself so that your message is at the forefront? 
yeah I mean I think that is something that we really do within our structure is that we have like an organizing team that really yeah spends ages looking into this in extreme detail we had like a three-hour meeting on Tuesday about this um so Welcome to politics. yeah yeah exactly <laughs> so um yeah but I, I don't think it's like exhausted yet. We don't think it's exhausted yet, like the MP challenges. Um, it's also just like a great way to get young people, yeah, I guess talking and confronting to confronting MPs. Um, but yeah, I guess as we grow and we have like more teams um and we um yeah, decentralize a bit that we will be able to have like different kinds of tactics maybe even happening at the same time um but yeah that we we are like constantly like looking into it and looking hard at how can we continue growing and yeah continue making the green new deal um a salient issue yeah and it's also important or it can be important to to make sure that you're you're considered for the mainstream a different group to someone like xr because if if everybody's being lumped in sort of the same part then you may as well just be XR or you may as well just be in Slate Britain. And I suppose it's it's not just about the action itself, but how is this action different from other actions? Because the more different actions that are going on, the the, the you know, the better amplification the message may be. Um so mm-hmm. I suppose that's gonna be tricky as well, because there's a lot of groups now doing a lot of things, isn't there? There's another one that uh, came out the other day that's that's going around deflating SUV tires. You know, now that could have very easily been an XR action, you know, mm. but it looks like it's a separate group. So yeah, it's it's like it's it's quite a there's a lot of people in this field now, <laughs> which I think is fantastic because it means that more people are getting engaged. But I suppose it's it's two things you've got to be looking at there: a a new action, but b what that that's people associate with your message because your message is different from the other groups, and that's why you're not part of the other groups. So it is it is a tricky one. Well, yeah. you, you guys have a plan for a start, like a rough sense, you know, like XR is very much about like, this needs to stop. And we don't really have the answers per se. Insulate Britain is about we're doing this very one specific thing. Well, you've got the kind of whole gamut of, you know, everything has to change and there's themes and outlines, which is, I think to me at least, is more useful because it gives people space for imagination as well, as opposed to, oh, they just want to insulate everything as much as I support that as well. Yeah. Yeah. I I mean, I think that's the whole thing of a movement or movements is that there's always going to be loads of different groups and it's absolutely great. Like we should be working together and we should be recognizing that different groups will be doing different things um, and different people might, you know, go towards one because of whatever that they believe in or just the type of lifestyle they have. Um, And I guess, I mean, the way that I put it and try to frame it to people is um yeah I, I guess like groups like XR and and other groups and loads of other like climate groups as well like saying that there is this problem and have been so great at that like getting that out there and have really got it into people's minds like the everyday person who maybe have never heard of like the climate crisis I don't know a few years ago and now like we're kind of saying well we have the solution and not just the solution to the climate crisis but we're talking about so many different crises yeah. um yeah we, we we talk about like there's the financial crisis that you know since 2008 and um just so many yeah so many other things that are happening at the same time so like how can we tie this all together and that's yeah. i guess like what the green new deal is um so yeah it's great that all these other groups are, are doing doing so much and like focusing on their thing and we're just part of this like yeah much wider movement of movements yeah, so yeah, yeah. I am um, a, a perennial criticism of Green New Deals or anything based off, you know, the Rooseveltian New Deal is the racial justice side to it. A lot of the stuff that was provided for people in those times in the 30s and the 40s was basically, you know, based was based on top of segregation. And there was people in the in the South and the US um, who weren't allowed these things. Mm. How uh, how does GND Rising kind of take racial justice in, in hand with, you know, climate justice? So, yeah, we completely like believe that those two things are tied together. Yeah, that's how we, we, we talk about it. And um, like when we talk about who's primarily affected by the climate crisis, 
and like talk about like countries in the global south but also if you look in the global north like who in cities are most getting affected by pollution and like looking at that the like the racial um lines around that and saying like calling it out for what it is um and not shying away from that so that is like what we what we believe in and what we yeah we we're, we're trying to um yeah address as well with the green new deal as well as the history you know the future of the green new deal is also up, up for grabs here because we have a for example the american version of a green new deal is a very sort of extractivist electrify everything um kind of growth model and that's almost because of the culture of America in many ways. It's really important, isn't it, that the Green New Deal is still an open debate, um, especially as, as we, you know, if you transfer um, the oil fields for the lithium mines, yeah, if you go from the Middle East to Africa, you know, all you've really done is 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 stopped the sort of the tail end pipe of the pollution. The pollution is still the same in regards to the extractivism. Yeah. And also as well, you know, if we were to extract all these minerals to electrify the Western world, just the Western world would be in no better shape than we are now. Um, So is there conversations around the future of the Green New Deal? Because, you know, it isn't something that's now set. You know, it's still almost every aspect of the Green New Deal is open for debate. Um, and as I as I alluded to in the introduction, if you come from the global south, you know the concept of the Green New Deal is a it, you know it is it can be seen as a negative. You know all it looks all it is is oh instead of extracting over there, they're going to be extracting over here. You know mm-hmm. and it, and so within Green New Deal rising, is he still this conversation about how it's Green the Green New Deal itself is an open debate. It's not something that's set. It's something that needs to be learn better you know we have to educate ourselves better talk to more people before we come up with something that that we can be proud of yeah definitely um like it's really interesting you were saying that um max isle was on your yeah Max yeah so like i've been reading his book and i know um different members yeah, of green new book. deal have green new deal rising have um and yeah like we we talk about you know that this is kind of like the green colonialism mm, yeah. um that you're yeah and we uh, you know like Assad Raymond um from yeah, yeah another War friend of the One. show yeah we love Assad <laughs> yeah no he is just keep, keep yeah. naming Rosanna keep naming her please sorry sorry I'm just saying <laughs> no, it's that good. It's good. name dropping all no but basically that that is like in the conversation that we um that yeah we are having it's not set in stone and and um another person that I'm going to name um, and, and Petter for like looking at uh, her book and yeah, how like the different Green New Deals in the UK and the yeah. US. Um, yeah. They, they are a bit different. Well, Andrew, tell, tell her about a panel that you're going to be on with well, um, Petter for. Actually, it, in, in the coming week on the 16th, <laughs> I am on a panel with Anne Petter about Green New Deals. So we'll link it in the show notes. But yeah, Roseanne, as you were saying, honestly, it was an important point that. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. No, I was just saying that those conversations are definitely happening. And um, yeah, we're discussing how to yeah, integrate that with with the people that um are part of Green New Deal Rising. Like we were talking about having kind of like political education um um like talks or like seminars. Um I mean, yeah, we are still very early days with it. We only just started what, like um, I don't know, six, seven months ago. So there's a lot to do. But yeah. um yeah, yeah. yeah, that is definitely like one key part of it, like talking about what exactly do we mean by the Green New Deal and when we're saying like global justice, are we making sure that we're not going into um yeah new forms of colonialism? Um because yeah that that is the part of the Green New Deal at least that I really like I I want to be part of one that is, um, yeah, anti-colonial mm. and um, it's also important. Yeah, yeah, yeah. To um, I just want to go back to the like, I guess your most prevalent tactic at the moment of doing the bird dogging. Uh, mm. So it's I, I think it's fantastic, and I think it's actually a really good way to kind of show up politicians and make them speak what they think about something, you know, in, in a very public way when they might find the ability to shy away from it, you know, in the Commons or somewhere else. Um, since doing that and as you say you've not been doing it very long has anyone kind of come back to you afterwards um, so for example you did it to um, Jess Phillips earlier this year and you know some other kind of high profile politicians so 
what's been the reaction from the political establishment from it? Mm. People have, I think MPs have started talking about us um, right. amongst themselves. Um, they'll be like, oh, you're that group that <laughs> <laughs> challenged this person Like uh, when we come up to them. Yeah. So, um, I mean, yeah, you can kind of see and maybe you can kind of guess which MPs would be like for us and 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 against us. And there have been times where people have like said they're going to sign the Green New Deal because we are, uh, you know, challenging them yeah, basically. Yeah. Um, but yeah, there are, there are definitely, um, I guess, a, a few of the people on the of the MPs on the um, shadow front bench are saying like they can't sign it because it's not um, it wasn't put forward by you know, Keir Starmer or Labour as it is now, because um, it was co-signed by Caroline Lucas and yeah. Clive Lewis. So there has been like that pushback. Um, but yeah, we keep on challenging them and saying, but really, like, w- will you support a Green New Deal? And really, what are the policies that you're doing? And we can't keep on like delaying, basically. This is yeah. our futures at stake. Um, but yeah, no, it's interesting that we are, yeah, people <laughs> have started talking talking about us in meetings or something i don't know what's happening it is an important point that that andrew's raised because you know really it might be hard to do but it'd be good to have a metric for success you know Mm. um actions is one thing but knowing that those actions are actually having an impact um might be something that you guys will be able to sort of um to capture you know because you only really know if an action is worthwhile yeah, is if you can see something positive on the back of it. So again, it might be a bit difficult to to come up with that metric, but I would I would suggest, if possible, um, that that you you do have some sort of metric for success over over a long period of time. You know, if if MPs start to engage and start to contact you and say, "Oh, I, I saw what you did with that," and you know, almost like before you do it to me, here's my views. You know, that maybe that sort of thing because. Um, I think, especially in um, in activist groups, the metric for success is often uh, neglected. You know, for for the for the feelings about what we should be doing and and and, and all the adrenaline with doing it. You know, sometimes what gets missed is is this actually working? So I think Andrew brought up a, you know a good point there about about maybe measuring that in the future. Yeah, yeah, I I think we are like looking into it and seeing how many people have signed from before and, and after but yeah, also yeah. it's not just about pressuring I guess like Labour or other um, MPs on yeah not to the right like SMB <laughs> people as well um, yeah. because it's not um, it's not just about getting people getting MPs to sign the Green New Deal bill it's also about um, calling out politicians that are um, yeah climate delayers so we do um, target um, Tory MPs and we're not trying to get them to sign the bill because we know that they won't so it, it, it that's another metric of success is like are we like shaming and also um, yeah showing how yeah I guess the Tories will say that they are some kind of green but what what is that green yeah. and um, so yeah that's that is something that we um, yeah we're, we're, we're trying to do that like kind of two-pronged approach and we will like approach we won't talk to the Tory MPs about the Green New Deal bill at all we'll just be challenging them Mm. on their own policies and yeah so if that kind of that goes viral and people are talking about that as well I don't know if you saw our Pretty Patel one as well that was that was on a a Zoom call we like Zoom bombed her yeah Yeah. and then that was talking about um the um police crime and sentencing bill and yeah saying like if you're going to end up arresting all, all, all activists then how are we going to ever you know fight the climate crisis so yeah there's different ways and, yeah, <laughs> yeah what i found really interesting was that one when they, when they realized what was going on people that were apologizing to pretty patel and really sort of like <laughs> bent you know groveling and it, it was just like this it was a really good example about people sort of um grovel into authority you know like the, the, it was a perfectly reasonable question yeah but rather than let somebody answer it it was oh no we, we can't have this and oh i'm really sorry and it was it, oh it was just so cringe oh yeah. ugh, hated it with i just seen the the one you've put out today or maybe yesterday with um you bird dogging there's got to be another way of saying this um, we call them challenges sorry yes challenges challenging, challenging MPs. yeah yeah yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. challenges 
uh, Steve Baker, who's one of the members who started this net zero skeptics group in the Tories. Um, I'm just, I'm curious to think why you think they've set up that group. Um, do you think it's straight up climate denial or if it's, you know, are they just trying to kind of muddy the waters for their own gains? Like what, what do you think their psychology is behind that? Because surely they're on the wrong side of history with this. Yeah, I, I, I don't really know if I can answer what exactly I think they're thinking. But I guess I think, um, I mean, I, I watched that video. I wasn't part of it, um, but I watched it um, briefly. Um, and didn't he say something like we shouldn't be asking the fossil fuel companies to pay for this like that's absolutely yeah, yeah. ridiculous yeah, like, so ridiculous didn't it yeah yeah i guess yeah he's probably helping his mates <laughs> like <laughs> maybe um, yeah, yeah maybe as simple as that <laughs> yeah, yeah. i, 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 I yeah. think it'd be you know there's a lot of breeding involved here you know they they their paradigm is completely different to ours and so i think sometimes when it's easy to say oh he's just helping his mates I genuinely believe they they believe what they're saying. It's just that the way that they view the world is the opposite of of us, yeah? And so you have this sort of clash, but it's almost like two genuine opinions coming together, but the other one's struggling to work out how the other one can have such a fucked up opinion, you know? But I do sometimes, I do believe that these are genuine opinions of theirs. It's just that, like I say, their paradigm is, is completely distorted, yeah, I guess that's the thing that we need to build our movement and we need to be reaching out to the people um, who, yeah, will listen to us. And I guess, yeah, the people who have most been affected by the climate crisis, like, yeah, um, are the ones that would be like, actually, yeah, this makes complete sense. Like, we're the ones that are constantly getting screwed over and look at those companies um, that are just making a profit. Um, but I guess if you're part of that, that logic or that class or whatever and you're yeah Ideology, you're never gonna see it yeah yeah, yeah. So <laughs> you're it's never gonna see the other thing yeah exactly private yeah. schools yeah last question from me you've got the green new deal rising leadership program which people can apply to right now i believe the deadline is april 18th what is it what what's the what's the scheme what you're trying to do and what will people learn on the course yeah, so we ran this last year and it's for people, I guess, with uh, yeah, marginalised identities, um, um, yeah, primarily for people of colour, um, working class people, people um, yeah, with um, yeah, disabilities and I guess getting people involved who often find it hard to get involved in the climate movement yeah. Um, and yeah, learning how to, yeah, basically be be a better climate justice leader um so yeah there'll be like workshops you'll get to like know other people um and then in the end that's why we're going to different areas like we're recruiting particularly like in, in Bury um and there's like Bolton and there's um Sunderland so in the end people will kind of form their own groups cool. and then go out more into their communities and um yeah learning about how to talk about the Green New Deal learning about how to talk about it with others um and yeah getting more involved in then green new deal rising and like um, being able to yeah like which thinking about which direction we're going in and making sure that we are getting um the people who are most affected by the climate crisis to actually like be the leaders fantastic that's a fantastic initiative that it really does um rosanna thank you so much for your time today i'm really excited about some of the conversations that's going on inside the uh, green new deal rising especially about some of the flaws uh, within the Green New Deal, you know, and climate justice and whatnot. So that's fantastic. But uh, yeah, thank you so much for your time tonight. And uh, yeah, keep fighting. Oh, thank you. Thank you for having me. No, it's been a pleasure. This is the part of the show that's dedicated to the fighters, the healers and the conservatives of the world that are doing their bit for all of us. It's the shout out. Rosanna, who would you like to give a shout out this week? I would like to shout out Fee in Leeds. Um, they are doing amazing work with Green New Deal Rising. And I think they're probably out on the streets of Leeds right now doing some <laughs> postering because nice. we're doing a, we're doing a, an event there very soon. Um, yeah, Rise Up Leeds. And so, yeah, they've organised like a whole group to go around and put up loads of posters around Leeds. So, yeah, shout out to Fee. Yeah, cool. We'll, um, we'll link them into the show for people to know a bit more about them. Andrew, who have you got this week, mate? 
my shout out this week goes to former guest and a supporter of the CEE bill, Clive Lewis. Clive, to me, is probably one of the most climate conscious uh, MPs we've got in the parliament. He's engaged a lot with GND Rising, with us, Labour for Green New Deal, pretty much always on the money. He's been saying some great stuff about the Ukraine crisis as well, about how we could help them by, you know, alleviating them of their debt that they have to the IMF. It's not just about giving them weapons. All round, good dude. He even bought me coffee once. So, you know, Clive Lewis. Cheers, mate. <laughs> yeah, nice one for Clive. Okay, my shout out this week goes to Timothy Parikh, who recently did an excellent post titled 18 Tips to Make Your Company Look Green Even Though It's Not, with each one <laughs> showing a different example of how businesses pretend to be climate conscious we're actually just doing greenwashing bullshit. Um, it's a great thread and we'll attach it to the show. But I'm also going to give out an extra shout out, which I think is um, very pertinent. It's to Lucas Clay. Uh, Lucas is, um, he started off just listening to the show and we, we put out a request on social media to see if any, anybody out there could help us develop a website. Um, a year later, it's about it's it's just been launched and that's, that's primarily on the back of Lucas Clay. Uh, and also my brother, uh, Alex King, you know, who we love to death. He's put loads of work into it. So uh, a special well, shout guys. out, Lucas Clay, uh, and obviously our brother, Alex King. So yeah, brilliant. And a big thank you to everyone that is listening. And remember, if you're helping the planet in any way, we love you, we appreciate you, and we hope you'll join us again next time. Take care, everyone. Bye. We'd like to thank all our supporters on Patreon, with a special thanks to Barbara Burke, Guillermund and Angela Brown. If you're enjoying the show and want to help it grow, but not in an infinite ecological disaster kind of way, head to patreon.com forward slash mcrgndpod.